You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 114. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. Now, today's episode is actually part two of a two-part series all about crafting brilliant sales pages. Now, last week, I talked about the art of a sales page and really getting into the mindset of our core avatar before ever writing a single word. I shared with you some tips and tricks I learned from my own copywriter, Rye Schwartz, and some of those tips blew my mind when he shared them with me. So I could not wait to share them with you. So if you missed that episode, it's just one episode back, number 113, and it's a perfect segue into today's episode. So if you missed it, you might want to pause this one jump into 113 and then visit me back here at 114 because today we are talking all about the science of a brilliant sales page. Now to do this right, I want to welcome back one of my dear friends, online marketing extraordinaire, Melanie Duncan. Now I don't think that's her official title, but that's what I think when I think about Melanie, a marketing extraordinaire. She is just fantastic with dissecting what needs to go into an overall marketing strategy. She really knows the ins and outs of what converts, what attracts your ideal, perfect audience, and really how to put it all together. So what she knows really well are sales pages. And I wanted her to come on the show and talk to me about how she's gone through her own journey of figuring out how to create sales pages that truly convert. Now, I always record the intro to my interviews after I actually do the interview so I can set things up properly. And one thing I wanted to mention to you about this interview is that Melanie and I will both refer to a special bonus she created for my brand new program, Courses That Convert. Now, in that bonus, She talks about the 18 core essential elements of a sales page, and she talks about this special guide as well. Now, when you hear that, you might be bummed if you're not part of my course and you might think, oh, I'm missing out. Now I don't get it. However, I wanted to let you know that this episode is going to dive into the five most important elements, at least in my opinion, of a sales page. So in the bonus, she did 18. I took the five most important elements and asked her to dive into them even deeper in this episode. So you're going to get some really good stuff, no doubt, even if you never got that bonus because you're not part of Courses That Convert. You're still going to get some really good, valuable content today that you can apply to your sales page. So don't worry, you, my friend, are in really good hands. Now, I also wanted to create a freebie that was extra special for this episode because When I do episodes, sometimes it's hard for me because it's all about telling you what to do and how to do it, but I rarely get to show you. That's why I think I love webinars so much because I get to show and tell. So what I did for today's freebie is I created a show and tell downloadable PDF. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. 
I curated a bunch of examples from my best converting sales pages, and I put them into one PDF that you can download instantly. So in this freebie, you'll see actual examples of each of the five core elements that Melanie and I are going to talk about. So for example, one of the core elements is including an FAQ on your sales page. So I went into my best converting sales pages and I took screen grabs of my own FAQs on my sales pages and I included them in this freebie for you. So that's why it's a show and tell kind of freebie because you can actually see what we're talking about in action on my own sales pages. It's really, really good. So to get your hands on it, all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 114 download or text the phrase 114 download, all one word, to the number 33444. Did you get that? Text the phrase 114 download to the number 33444. I've never put something like this together for a podcast episode, and I think you're going to find it incredibly helpful the next time you sit down and you're ready to create your sales page. I don't want you to wait to get it until you're ready to create your sales page because you'll forget where to go to locate it. So do it now, save it on your computer and you'll have it ready when you're ready to dive in to your next sales page creation. Deal? Sound good? All right, let's do this. Okay. So are you ready to dive into the five core elements of a brilliant sales page with my dear friend, Melanie Duncan? Let's do this. Melanie Duncan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I always love our time together, and I particularly love this topic we're talking about today. It's a good one for sure. And before we get into all the details, I've got to ask you, how long did it take you to get a hold of this sales page thing? Like, did you just know what to do? How did you figure it all out? Of course not. Nobody knows how to do this. It's it's kind of a weird, random (laughs) skill. Well, you might have been born with it. I wasn't sure. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I actually, I wish I could find, Devin could probably pull up the first sales page I ever created and you would just cringe, <laughs> maybe even throw up in your mouth a little bit. But no, it's something I, I've learned a lot about over time just through doing, but my first sales page was pretty templated. I looked at a lot of the other typical online program sales pages in our industry. And what I created was something that looked exactly like everyone else's sales page in the industry. So it didn't stand out. It didn't look like me. It didn't sound like me or my brand. So definitely missed the mark in a lot of different areas. But I was using webinars to sell at that time. So I was sending them to a sales page. So luckily, I think my webinar was helping the page convert, even though it wasn't awesome. But what I did is after about six months of using that terrible, awful, ugly sales page is I hired an expert who I still remember cost $5,000. And that was so much money to me at the time. And it still is a lot of money. But I worked with this guy who basically was, you know, really into the copy. And he, we did, I think, two or three, like couple hour long interviews where we did surveys to my audience and went over them together. And he went through the program and asked me all these questions about it. And I realized, oh, there's a lot more to this sales page thing than just, you know, typing some hypey copy about how this is going to make you a million dollars or change your life. You really get to dive into your customers and really dive into your program and then use your sales page to showcase that value. 100%. And you really have cracked the code. I feel like your sales pages 
are you like take people on a journey. And that's why when I wanted to do a sales page training, I thought I've got to go to somebody that has studied this and really pays attention to the flow of a sales page, what goes into it, what doesn't go into it. And as you know, inside my courses that convert program, you created a special sales page bonus. And in that bonus, you went over 18 core essential elements that should be included in sales pages. Now, to be fair to my paying customers, we don't want to give it all away here, but I want to make this really valuable for those listening. So I thought we would dive in to five of those core essentials. And these are five where a lot of my students either get stuck or they're just totally confused about how to move forward in this area. So what do you say we go over those five essential core elements? That sounds great. And you know, the beautiful thing is because I have created literally dozens of sales pages now and so many iterations on each one of those sales pages, it's gotten very formulaic, which is I think comforting for people because so much of business is not formulaic and you can't systematize all of it. But sales pages are really something that you can follow a templated structure like I taught inside that bonus and courses that convert. And that's a really nice kind of way to hold your hand and guide you through the process while you can still customize it and make it very much you and your brand. 100%. I am a girl that loves any formula you throw at me. So I can definitely relate to having it all in front of me in that way. So let's start at the very top and talk about headline because it is crucial that you create a good headline, but it's something that I know I've struggled with. Many people struggle with this. And I wanted to ask you, what are you looking for in the right headline? Like what are the key criteria you think about each time you sit down to write a headline? Yes. And the headline honestly is the most important part of your entire sales page. And a lot of people forget that, you know, they just put up some really generic, easy kind of sloppy headline and they put a lot of focus on writing about the program or, you know, writing some great sales hook. But if you can't get people to read or get them down to that section, which is the point of the headline, you're really missing the main point. So according to classic copywriting principles, the main goal of a headline is to get the right people. Now, this is really, really important. Not everyone, not anyone, but to get the right people's attention and then to get them to continue reading down the page. That's the main two goals of your headline. Get their attention and then get them to keep reading. So the best way to accomplish this, to make sure that you're drawing the attention of the right people, is to make sure your headline is really specific, it's direct. And then a piece that a lot of people forget is you want your headline to be extremely curiosity-provoking, because that's how you're going to get people's interest and get them to keep reading down the page. Okay. So give me an example of a really specific good headline versus one that might kind of miss the mark. Yeah. So, you know, an example that you might see on an average sales page or even, you know, a blog post, because you can use headlines in a lot of different places is, would you like to work less and make more? Like, well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to work less and make more? But if you're really honing in on something where you want to be very specific, You would say something like, here's five things to do each day before noon that can triple your income in the next 30 days. So that's not necessarily pulling out a specific segment of my audience. You'll actually see some headlines, and these can read as a little too scammy, but some really converting headlines will say something like, attention female business owners, five things to do each day before noon to triple your income, because then people know exactly if it's for them or not, or, you know, attention social media strategists or attention direct marketers or something like that, where people actually look at it and they go, oh, this is for me. And then of course, tying that in with something very specific, very curiosity provoking. 
Okay. So you're saying that's good though, if they do want to call out, let's say attention, social media marketers or whatever it might be. It can, like I said, that's something that's a little bit more old school copywriting. I would never do that on the sales page of one of my programs, but you want to write something that people are going to know exactly whether it's for them or not. Okay. Got it. And give me just a tip that you have about how to really nail this right out of the gate. Something that's actually super, super important that a lot of people forget is you want to make sure that you're using the language and specifically the exact words that your ideal clients and customers use. So we do this a lot by surveying and you know really talking to our audience. On SurveyMonkey, there's a little feature where it'll actually pull out the most popular words from responses. So you can kind of create a little word graph, but you want to know the words that people are using to describe their goals and the words are using to describe their biggest pains or their biggest struggle. And those are the words that are going to naturally grab people's attention because it's something that they're already living in or they're already hungry for. And those are the types of words that you want to use in your headline. But just as a a good strategy to use, if you're not a copywriter or you're writing your own copy, what I do with headlines is I usually sit down and I write anywhere from mm, 40 to 50 headlines. Like I just take a piece of paper. For some reason, I have to do it on a piece of paper. I don't know what it is, but I take a piece of paper and actually write down all these ideas I could have for headlines. And if you go and Google, you know, copywriting headline formulas. There's all these different fill-in-the-blank kind of mad lib ways to write headlines. It actually can be kind of fun. But I don't limit myself because I think if you sit there and you try to create the perfect headline right from the get-go, you're just going to be staring at a blank piece of paper all day. So when you give yourself the permission to throw away 99 or 90% of the headlines anyways, you can just let your creativity flow. I write them all down And then I usually pick my top three or four, and I'll actually split test the different ones, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay, perfect. So I love that strategy, writing them all down. And I like the idea of not just sitting down and thinking you're going to just write your entire sales page in one sitting, including the headline and all the benefits and features and all that good stuff, like actually making it a point that right now I'm just sitting down to work on the headline and then I'll come back to the other stuff later. I think separating them allows some creative space and some breathing room in your mind as you're creating all of this. So I love that strategy 100%. Okay. So we're moving on to number two and number two is compelling imagery. Now I feel like you just have this one 100% locked in, not just with your sales page, but with your landing pages, your blog, your branding overall is excellent. So how do you go about selecting the right imagery for what you're working on? Oh, Amy, you're such a sweet talker. You do though. (laughs) Flattery will get you everywhere with me. Uh, (laughs) Well, thank you again. Something that has just come with a lot of practice and a lot of studying, a lot of working with very, very talented individuals, but something, I guess, let me just step up for just a moment on my little personal soapbox here or tell you what I strongly advise you do not do. If you are a personal brand, you do not want to use just photos of yourself cheesing all up and down your sales page, which is something we see all too often. It's fantastic to invest in professional photography and get lots of great pictures of yourself. But you have to remember that outside of maybe, you know, the top portion of your page or one or two places where, you know, maybe you're talking about yourself or talking about a coaching session or something like that, where it makes sense that they'd kind of want to see your face and ground back to you. Other than that, you don't need to be on every single section of your sales page. I really believe that the imagery on your page is meant to be there to enhance the copy. 
So it is copy first, imagery second, which might be something that people are a little surprised to hear from me because I create a lot of visuals. It's definitely a passion of mine. But the copy comes first and the visuals take their cue, the imagery takes their cue from the copy on the page. So what I personally like to do is I use photography or images that people can place themselves into, kind of an insert me or insert yourself into this world, into this vision, into what's possible for yourself, what your life could look like, what your business could look like. So I might be using a lot of photos that may be there of my hands on a keyboard. I do a lot of you know bird's eye type top-down photography, but it's not just pictures of my face up and down the page because we're not all as gorgeous as Amy Porterfield. Shut and we- <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, you're going to get in trouble for that use. comment. <laughs> it's very, very important to use images that are really pulling people in. And for sales pages in particular, infographics are a fantastic way to tie in data, to include examples from what's inside your program. If you have any intellectual property or systems or any kind of infographics or visuals that you can use to maybe teach uh, about different processes inside your program, I mean, you can really use the images to enhance what you're talking about. Infographics could also be statistics that are adding persuasive cues as to why the topic that you're teaching on is relevant. But I think, you know, infographics and and visuals that people can insert themselves into what's possible for them is a lot more compelling than just photos of the course creator. 100%. So how do you know how many images you should use on your sales page or when you actually should use an image? I think it's brand preference. You know, I tend to do blocking in sections. And so normally you see maybe about two sections without having to scroll And it's either a solid or some sort of subtle background or it's a photo. And I just alternate on, off, on, off so that it's very visually stimulating. But it's your style. You know, some people will do a whole section of copy and then do a photo with like a big headline and then more copy. Depends how copy heavy you want your page to be. Gotcha. Now, this is a little bit off script here, but one thing I know you do a lot is branding boards. And I see it all over your Instagram channel. I know you talk about this in your business class program, but talk to me about these branding boards because I feel like you are always inspired, but you work hard to make sure that you are inspired. Yes. I actually create a Pinterest board usually where I will start off after I've written my copy. My copy comes first. I write that in a Google doc. And then I create a Pinterest board with kind of all of the different ideas, imagery, We'll talk about imagery specifically, but I create some sort of a theme or a hero element. So for example, like for my list building program, Perfect Lead Magnet, the envelope was our hero image. So then I might go find lots of cool images, photography, graphics of envelopes, and I kind of create this whole Pinterest board with ideas, and I will edit down from there and work with my graphic designer to actually create the visuals for the page. Okay, so tell us a little bit more, those that didn't have access to that guide. What is a hero image now? So a hero image is I basically choose one specific visual element that is the crux or that is the foundation for all of the imagery on the page. And the little hero image or hero element, excuse me, is something that is going to be on my sales page. It's probably going to be included in the webinar invitation emails. It's something that might be in the header of my email follow-up. It's going to be included on my worksheets for the webinar for that program. So it's something that just kind of lives throughout the entire experience of that promotion and that program. And it largely dictates a lot of the visuals. And sometimes for a lot of my flagship programs, and this is not something you start off doing, but this is something I do now, 
I'll do a specific photo shoot for each one of my sales pages. So, you know, if I'm deciding that the envelope is going to be the hero image, I'll go and get all of these really beautiful envelopes, or I might come up with the different framed shots that I want to do of maybe like one of the things I did was my hand passing an envelope to someone else's hand. So you could tell there were two different hands. I had a friend stand in and it was signifying like you to your dream customer, like passing the envelope, passing the invitation. And that's something that I really recommend doing is deciding on one visual hero element and then figuring out ways to incorporate that visually differently on your sales page. I love that. And just for the record, Melanie mentioned this, but she does these special photo shoots for each sales page, but she did not start out that way. So we're not saying every time you do a sales page, bring in a professional photographer and start shooting away. This is just something to work into, but you will notice, and I'll make sure that I have some links to some of her amazing sales pages. You'll notice that she definitely puts a lot of time and effort and thought into every element of these sales pages. And I love to model the best who's doing it right. And Melanie is that person, which hence why I brought you on the show today. So it's perfect that you're going that extra mile because I want my students to see what it looks like to put that much effort into it. Yes, but there's so many, I mean, and that's something that I included in the guide also is there's so many different, like amazing custom boutique stock image shops now for photography where it's almost kind of crazy to do your own stuff these days, unless you really have a passion and get a thrill from it. That's true. So there's definitely some resources that can help you out. And we'll link to some of those in the show notes as well. So let's move on to number three. Number three is a big one. It's testimonials. And so many of my students are frustrated over the testimonial element of a sales page because many of them are just starting out. So talk to me about the importance of testimonials on a sales page, but also what do you do if you're brand new and you don't have a lot of students that have gone through your program just yet? Yes. Well, first of all, whenever we talk about testimonials, I have to do my cover your butt statement, which is I am not a lawyer and (laughs) make sure that you run any testimonials you use past a lawyer, particularly if you're in health and fitness or the make money space, you do have to be careful about what you're promising or what you're exhibiting. One thing though, I will say before I dive into the testimonial strategy is when you do show an example of someone who's had great success with your program, you are supposed to give some sort of signifier like these results are not typical. But I think you can actually use that to your advantage in sales copy where you could showcase some like amazing star student or client that you've had. And and you can say below, you know, are Ashley's results typical? Of course not. But you're not typical either. And your results shouldn't be typical. I'm not looking for people to be in this program that just want typical. I want people who are going to, you know, invest blah, blah, blah. You can okay, actually that. was that. so good. I can't even stand it. <laughs> yeah. So I love the challenges we get legally sometimes where it's like, you can't say it this way unless you tweak it this way. And it drives you a little crazy, but it's also like a fun little puzzle to figure out. Yep. But when it comes to testimonials, you actually gave me a great idea. There's something that's important to mention, which is Even if you're launching your course for the first time, but haven't had anyone buy the course yet, that doesn't mean you can't use testimonials. Some of my best testimonials have been from beta testers who did not actually go through the paid program. And when I say beta testers, don't let that intimidate you either. That just literally means you can find people that you can give free access to and then use their stories or use their results as testimonials. So just because you haven't sold any of your course yet, 
don't think that that gives you an easy card out that you don't have to use testimonials. You should still definitely use them. But something that I was just meeting with some high-end clients and talking about sales pages actually in particular is don't accept just blanket blah testimonials. When people go and they try and source testimonials for themselves, a lot of times, you know, they'll email their past students or their past buyers and they'll say, oh, you know, could you tell me a little about your success or your results of the program? And they'll get kind of mediocre results. That's not how you craft testimonials. When you're trying to craft really good testimonials and testimonials should be used on your sales page, they should also be used on your webinars. They should be a big part of the case studies and the follow-up of your email follow-up. I will write my testimonials with my clients. So they might send me something and I'll get it and go, oh, this is really interesting. Would you mind if I called you and we talked about this more? And I'll call them and be like, okay, tell me about this one particular thing that you said. What did this mean? Can you tell me more about how long it took you to accomplish this? And I'll actually talk with them and we'll pull out things together. We will write their testimonial together and I'll send it back to them and say, okay, you know, I really love that we talked about this one per- one particular thing because I know that a lot of people struggle with this and I think your story or I think your results or I think your strategy or your mindset is really going to help a lot of people. And we work together and we create this really powerful thing where it's not just me trying to ask them to talk about how great I am, but I'm really helping them kind of speak for the people who are going to be drawn for the program. Like they're representing a heart and soul core part of my audience and their story gets to really exemplify what the program has enabled them to do. Oh, I love that. Definitely work with your students on the testimonials. I think that's so important because many people will ask for a testimonial, they'll get it, and then they'll put it on their sales page. And typically, I've never done that. I'm always going back and forth with that person who wrote it to get more information out. I love the idea of like getting on Skype with them and asking them more questions because you're going to unveil things that they would have never even thought about adding in there. And you do want to, a couple of things when it comes to choosing which testimonies to feature and which people to feature their testimonials. You do want to use testimonials that are overcoming really common objections that your buyers may have, excuses, maybe mindset hurdles, you know, like, oh, I was hesitant to first to enroll in this program because I thought, what could this Pinterest course teach me that I couldn't just find online for free? So for my Pinterest program, a lot of people were wondering that. Why would I pay for a program when I can just Google it and there's 30 other blog posts? So I would have testimonials that specifically called out That's the mistake a lot of people make on their sales pages. They think, okay, I know some of the main reasons people won't buy, but let's not talk about it. Because if we talk about it, it's going to give them a reason not to buy. But it's the opposite. You want to openly and even aggressively address the reasons people may not buy and provide the solutions and provide the reasons why, you know, turn it on its head and actually make it a reason to buy. But the other thing that's important is to make sure that you're choosing testimonials from different types of customer archetypes. And that's kind of a fancy word for just saying, make sure the big buckets of the different types of demographics of customers are represented. So for example, business class, my membership program, it targets a lot of different types of business owners. We work with e-commerce owners who sell a physical product. We work with coaches. We work with authors, real estate, people in real estate. So when I use testimonials, I make sure to not just use a bunch of testimonials from people who are online coaches, but I try and choose different people who represent different segments of our community so people can say, oh, okay, that's cool. Because one of the biggest questions you're going to get 
when people are reading your sales pages, is this for me? Is this for someone with my type of business? Is this for someone who's at my stage of business? And you can use the stories of people, the testimonials. I always put what type of business they have or the name of their business so people can actually go and look and see, oh, this person has a business just like me and she got great results. So I bet this program would be good for me too. Oh, I love that tip. You also have a great tip about testimonials from students versus peers. Tell me about that. Yes. So that's another important part of positioning is not just, you know, what your program makes possible, but when you're talking about yourself, it can be really great to ask other people in your industry, what makes you different? Why should people listen to you? What do they like about what you do or how you do it? Because that can provide a lot of up-leveling and positioning as well. Okay, good. I like that. All right. So we are moving on to number four and number four is the course content outline. Now, this is a no-brainer. You definitely want to include details about what your course has to offer. But my question to you is, can you talk about the difference between benefits of your program and then features of your program? Because I think this gets a little bit murky when people start outlining their sales page. It does. And the saying goes that features tell and benefits sell which I love that because it makes it very, very easy. So basically features are the what and the benefits are the why. So for example, on a sales page, you might say this program includes 12 in-depth step-by-step videos or, you know, a 30 page workbook. Those are essentially features of the program. The benefits are always the so what or the so that. So features 12 in-depth step-by-step videos so that you can quickly and easily master creating copy for your website, or so that you can quickly and easily ingest dozens of helpful examples. You want to make sure that you're not just talking about what's in your program, but why you've chosen to include it and what it's going to make possible. Okay. So how can you make this section stand out? The section about your course content, what's included benefits, features, what are some tips or tricks you have to make it stand out? It's just should be so benefit oriented. It seems silly. Like it should just be talking about over and over again. You know, what are they going to learn? People will say like module one, we're going to talk about, I don't know, you know, how to eat better. That's not a compelling module. So in module one, we're going to talk about three things that you should be eating every day in order to lose five pounds within the first week. So, so the reason really I'm specific, really specific and focusing on that benefit. Why is someone going through your fitness program? Because they want to lose weight. So in the first module, I'm already promising something that they want to do, which is, you know, probably eat. And they're still going to get that desired result, which is lose weight within a certain desirable time parameter, which is in the first week. So you're just making everything like so enticing, so benefit heavy, so interesting. And this is another place that you want to really focus on curiosity. We talked about curiosity in terms of the headline, but this is your chance to, and this is an area I think can be a lot of fun with your copy, is you're hinting about what is inside, but in a way that people are so dang curious, like, how is she going to teach me that? How is that going to be possible? And you don't want to make any, you know, grandiose claims, but really crafting that copy, like I said, so you could talk about, you know, three things that you need to eat each day in order to lose five pounds in the first week where people are going, oh, that's so interesting. Or I'll use my Pinterest sales page as an example. 
one thing that takes you less than 30 seconds to do on your Pinterest page that'll double your traffic in the first week. Bring it so on. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So you're just super like, oh my gosh, tell me what that is. I need to do that immediately. That's what you want the copy to be inside the course content. You want your copy to sound so interesting so that people cannot wait to dive in and do it. Okay. That is such great advice. Really specific. I love it. And as you were talking about the benefits and the features and really focusing on the benefits, I started to think about the length of our sales pages. And for both of us, we write really (laughs) long sales pages. And so many of my students have seen my sales pages and right away they say, Amy, does my sales page need to be that long? That's really long. And all they're thinking is that's a lot of copy. So talk to me about the length of a sales page. What's important. Do you need to have it that long? A great little soundbite about that is from one of my friends and mentors, Ramit Sethi. He writes even longer sales pages than you and I, Amy, and he actually has a great copywriting course too. He says, you know, people give him a hard time and say, who reads? Who has the time to read all the way to the bottom of your sales page, which is where, you know, you can actually click to purchase the program. He goes, yeah, you know, the only people that read the whole sales page are the buyers, <laughs> are the people that you actually want to be reading your sales page. But it so doesn't have to be epically long. No, it doesn't. I mean, as you talked about, I think there's 18 elements that I, I recommend including. So there is a lot of stuff, particularly if you're selling a $1,000 or $2,000 product. Like, yeah, there's a lot of important stuff you do want to include. And you can have buy buttons at different points in the page. But there are some people that really do want to have all that reassurance Something that I did with the perfect lead magnet sales page that was, which I thought was really interesting, is we made it a microsite. So instead of having to scroll through the whole page, there's actually a navigation bar at the top, like a little mini website. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, you'd have to go through and test it because traditionally long form sales pages do still convert better, whether it's just because it's how the audiences are trained or not, I'm not sure. But I've also done a lot of expanding and collapsible sections so it doesn't feel as epically long and people can go in and expand upon a section, you know, an FAQ section or a guarantee section. And that way it does feel a little bit more concise. But the truth is, you know, we've tested it and the longer sales pages convert better. I totally agree. I'm 100% behind you on that. And I love what Ramit says about who's reading to the very bottom. The people that are paying you money. So yeah. I think it's a, it's a good reminder. Now, you're you writing ju- for them. You're writing for them for sure. Now, you just mentioned FAQ, and that's actually our number five core element. And this is one that might seem straightforward to most. The frequently asked questions, you might think you don't want to put a lot of time here, but I think both of us know that this is a crucial section of a sales page. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of adding an FAQ section to your sales page? why you would want to do it, and also how to strategically approach this. Yes. So I'm going to talk about selling for a moment here, which I know can ruffle people's feathers, but hey, (laughs) bring it on. Get ruffled. (laughs) I get excited because every element of your sales page, it is a sales page. It is for selling. And you should embrace that and get excited about that. And an FAQ section is actually just like your testimonials are an awesome place to be selling. Just like your course outline or where you're talking about the content in the program is another place you should be selling. Your FAQ, it is not some boring, generic customer service type area where you want to have like your basic, you know, blah, blah, blah type of blanket responses. 
use your FAQ to be, again, targeting those really common questions, those, those objections that you know people are going to be having, and then craft really compelling and motivating and exciting copy around that that shoots those objections down, that empowers people, that gets them excited, that shows them exactly why they should buy. It's a great place. People that are reading the FAQ are right on the brink of buying. So you want to make sure that your questions and the things that you are answering, they're the most common reason people are either going to buy or not buy. So take that seriously. I totally agree with that. And one of the things we do with our FAQs is we attract or repel. This is just for on my own sales pages. And what I mean by that is either we're attracting the perfect ideal customer to this program or we're repelling. And that seems like a strong word, but really we're making it clear that if you're not right for the program, we want you to be aware of that as well. So for like one of my programs, webinars that convert, if you are not planning to sell an online course, whether it be pre-recorded or live, you likely are not right for the program. So you don't want to join because the last thing I want is for you to get into my program and then feel like you're not in the right place. So you can use those FAQs to make sure you're attracting the right person and getting really clear about who's not right for the program as well. And don't be afraid to talk about both. Would you be agreeing with that, Mel? hundred percent. Yes. It's, it is a really important place. The best way for people to identify whether or not something is for them is to show them who it is not for. Yes. You know, things to be self-inclusive, you have to be self-exclusive. So I think that it's, it's really great to show people, hey, here's who this program's not for. And that's also going to attract in a stronger way the people that it is right for. When you can say, show a program and say, hey, you know what? This program is actually for people who are already making $1,000 a month in their business. Yeah, that's going to send a lot of people away, but you know who it's going to attract? The people who are making $1,000 already in their business. And they're like, oh, thank goodness, because I want to make sure that I'm only working in a community with people who are at the same stage of business of me or something like that. It's going to really reaffirm for those people that this is the right place for them. Okay. So we're definitely both on the same page when it comes to FAQs. But before we wrap up, I wanted to see if you would leave us with a final few tips on really getting our sales pages right the first time. So what are some tips that you can leave us with? Well, you've heard me subtly message this throughout our entire chat today, which is you need to really invest in your copy. And you can invest in a couple of ways, you know, either really investing by spending the right amount of time, like you said, not just trying to sit down and crank it all out in one day, but Really, you know, like I might do a couple sections a day and then go through and look at it again or invest financially. You know, if you're not a copywriter, which not all of us are, I love writing copy, but just because you're a business owner does not mean that you need to be really good at copy. There's lots of people who are really good at copy, particularly copy that converts for sales pages. So invest your time or invest your money and find someone who is a really good conversion copywriter. And I will say that's an important tip. There are different types of copywriters. There's personality copywriters. If you're looking for someone to write copy for a sales page, they do need to be conversion oriented. Otherwise, they're going to write a lot of fluff that's not going to actually convert. But when it comes to copy, the most important thing I can tell you is make sure if you are writing it yourself that you have someone else edit it. This is huge. I did not do it for years. And as soon as I started doing it, I realized how silly it was that I hadn't done it previously. But when you write your own copy for your own sales page, you are so close to the program, to the audience, and all of that is great. But a lot of times you miss out on certain things or subtle messaging that might not be obvious 
to you because you're just too close to it. So have someone else. It can be your spouse. It could be a friend. Ideally, someone that might even be outside your industry. Because if you're going to be sending cold traffic to a sales page, you want to make sure that what you're talking about actually is easy to understand and that you're not using jargon or words that are specific to your industry that people, it goes over their heads, they don't get. So have someone else edit the copy on your sales page. Such great advice. Okay, keep going. Okay, so the second thing I'd really recommend is make sure you split test. I know split testing is something that sounds overwhelming. It sounds scary. I didn't think I could personally do it because I'm not a techie person, but there are so many really easy ways to split test your sales page. We use a tool, Visual Website Optimizer, but even if you just compare, like we talked about earlier, just test three different headlines, it can be a huge and significant difference for how that page converts or you know how many people actually spend more time and scroll down. So there's a couple things I really recommend split testing your headlines split test your prices. This is really huge for sales pages. It's not just some nebulous thing you have to come up with. You can actually test different price points and see which ones convert better and even test different testimonials. So see if that makes a difference. Everything you can test on a sales page, but headlines, prices, and testimonials can be some really big and easy wins. That tool again, visual website optimizer. We'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. So what is your final tip? My final tip and we talked about this already, so it's just kind of reaffirming, is testimonials are very important. Coach your clients and your customers on the testimonials. Do not just get a you know reply from asking for testimonials and use this kind of weird couple sentence scrap of a testimonial. Go in, work with people, write them together, because then you really have good stuff to be featuring, not just on your sales page, but also in your follow-up. You can do you know, video, there's just so much you can do with testimonials. And that ultimately should be the purpose of your program is to create amazing results from people in whatever industry you work within. So use those as really something to showcase on your page. Melanie, this has been one of the most actionable episodes I've ever created. Thank you so much for going through all of this. I know you prepared before we jumped on a girl after my own heart And it really definitely shows. Now, throughout the episode, you have been mentioning this bonus that you created inside my Courses That Convert program. And some people are like, it's no fair. I'm not inside Courses That Convert. I want that bonus. Well, the great news is you have a very similar sales page training with tons of examples, the guide that you mentioned inside your own course business class. So tell people where they can go to learn about business class and if it's open or if there's a wait list, give us all the details. Sure. So yes, business class is my baby. Besides my daughter, Olivia, business (laughs) class is my baby. And uh, if you go to Melanie Duncan forward slash business class, you'll see it's a monthly membership program. But what was really fun is we create different trainings every single month and they have video trainings, but they also have these really visually dynamic, digitally interactive training guides that are templated to look almost like an editorial spread, but they have videos and different text links and examples. And like my sales page guide inside of it, I linked to, I think, six exact examples of my highest converting sales pages for all different programs that I've launched. But inside a business class, we create guides on all different topics. So not just on sales pages, but also on, you know, welcome sequences or how to build your email list and all different types of strategies. And it's usually waitlisted. We only open it a couple times a year, but if you go to melanieduckin.com forward slash business class and it's not open, you can get on the waitlist and we'll give you early access next time we do open up. 
I tell people about business class all the time. I've seen what Melanie puts into this program. It is excellent. I will make sure to link to it in my show notes. Melanie, thank you so very much for sharing some of your tips and tricks all about sales pages. Again, this has been one of the best episodes we've created. It's like a mini training, which is always my goal. So thank you so very much for being here with us. Thank you. We're such nerds, Amy. I had way too much fun talking about sales pages, but hey, at least we get to love what we do. So very true. When Melanie and I get together just for fun, she's got this amazing lake house and we get to drink rosé and talk about sales pages and webinars and funnels all day long. And we have to admit it's kind of fun. It is. It's the best. Yes. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Okay. So there you have it. Pretty dang valuable, right? Some really good tips that Melanie shared with us. I'm so glad she came on the show and she really dissected the areas of your sales page that are truly the most important to pay attention to. Now, don't forget that I've got that show and tell freebie for you where you can actually take these five elements and then look at exactly how I applied them to several of my highly converting sales pages. So to get that freebie, all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 114 download, or you can text the phrase 114 download, all one word to the number 33444. Don't wait to get this. Get it now, save it on your desktop or computer or Dropbox or wherever you want to save it, and you'll have it waiting for you when you're ready to create your next sales page. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 